The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. So in the green scene today, how air pollution might spoil your game of chess, but first the role of protein in your diet to ensure a deep, uninterrupted sleep. We're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. So high protein and sleep. Yeah. So, how do we figure this out? I mean, if you think about sleeping, it is kind of amazing. We, we manage to lull ourselves into this state where we can block out all of the sensory information that's coming at us. And really, we don't understand terribly well how how we do that. And one of the the animals that's very good to study for this is the humble fruit fly because they sleep in a very similar way to us. They have the same kind of circadian rhythms. They sleep during the night uh, and and they're awake awake during the day. So a a research team at Harvard decided to look to see what the impact of diet might be on getting a good night's sleep for these little flies. And they did an amazing piece of work. So they looked at over 3,000 different genes and one by one they turned off each one of those genes individually And then they looked at the impact of how a little group of eight flies were able to sleep and they had them sleeping on a low vibration speaker. So they were able to turn up the speaker and see when they woke up. And they found that there was two genes when they switched them off these little flies were not able to settle and sleep. And interestingly, one of the, the genes, it's called CCH1 and it's related to how we metabolise protein. Um, so what's happening is when you eat protein in the your gut is turning on and it's making this little protein and it's sending it up to your brain and it's allowing your brain to block out that sensory information and help you to go to sleep. Okay, now often people, when they have a big meal, say at lunchtime, yes. they feel like sleeping anyway. Um, so maybe the effect was fairly obvious well, already. <laughs> maybe, and we do often hear about turkey. You know, at Christmas time, people will say that there's an amino acid called tryptophan in turkey, which helps you sleep. And I think, obviously, if you have a big meal, lots of carbohydrates, those will also help you to knock off. But this is more about that not waking up and being able to block out that sensory information and have a proper deep good night's sleep. And, and they did, I mean, obviously fruit flies are not people, but they were able to find the same pathway in mice and they were able to replicate the same result in mice. So we don't know yet if this also happens to but us. likely so. But it's, it's obviously yeah. something that's pretty well conserved in the animal kingdom. Now, this is the problem. We get most of our protein from meat. Yeah, and of course meat, uh, we know, has a big impact on the planet. It accounts for about 60% of all the greenhouse gases that come from food production and that's about a third of all the greenhouse gases that we produce. And one possibility of of course, that's been talked about is replacing meat as we know it with insects. And there's about two billion people all over the world who rely on insects for a big part of their diet. But but for most people who've grown up on a Western diet, of course, we find this totally mm. repellent, most yeah. of us. Uh, the idea of having beetles or caterpillars, bees and wasps, which are what are eaten in other parts of the world on your dinner plate, doesn't really appeal yeah. to most people well, in I Europe. I mean, people will eat a prawn. I know. You know and, which, or a mussel. Uh, yeah. So I know. So, so and one of the things is, of course, how we're trained and, and research in France looked at children because maybe the next generation will be better at this than us. And what they found was with a group of about just under 50 children, when they asked them about eating insects, they said, oh, no, that's disgusting. We don't want to eat it. But when they actually gave them mealworms to play with and touch and sort of have fun with, they were much more likely to think about eating them. Yeah. So as we move it, children put everything in their mouth, we children put everything in their mouth and play and challenge and a bit of fun. So maybe as we move into having to use insects, we'll have to think 
think about how we how we get our kids mm. just to eat them. <laughs> Whatever about trying to get them to eat turnip, <laughs> trying yeah. to get them to eat uh, insects. Now, um, my game of chess, um, which I haven't played for years, might be spoiled by the quality of the air that I breathe. I know this is amazing. Now, we've we've talked before, Pat, about these tiny particles. They're 2.5 microns across and they are in the air from all sorts of different types of pollution. And the reason why we're particularly interested in them when it comes to human health is that it seems they can get into our blood and maybe get into our brain. So they're absolutely tiny. Uh, but research from the University in Maastricht and MIT looked at the performance of 121 chess players over three separate tournaments that went on Each tournament was for eight weeks and these went on over two years. And what they did was they measured the quality of the air during the tournament. They they, didn't uh, try to change it. Just whatever was there. Whatever was there was there. They also measured the noise, the temperature, a whole load of different things that were happening in the environment around these chess players. And then they went back and they analysed every move that the chess players made during those tournaments. And they were able to correlate mistakes um, with the the number of these particles that were floating in the air. So the noise, the heat, all those other things didn't matter. But in fact, it it, it made they were they were twenty six percent more likely to make a mistake when the particle matter only went up like a small amount. But that's very significant. It's twenty six percent. I mean, I was expecting maybe you know four percent, five percent variation. This and, is and much at more. critical points in the match. So and the errors it depended how bad they were. You could make sort of a less than optimum move, but you could make a really bad move. And when they were under real stress and in poor air quality, they were more likely to make an error, and they were likely to make a much worse error mm. during the match. Now again, maybe this is blindingly obvious. I go out into the fresh air to clear my I know, isn't it funny that (laughs) saying is there? Uh, But this reinforces stuff that we've been learning for years. So what we've looked at, um, scientists have also looked at an office. What happens in an office when people have, uh, you know, less good air quality and you do see reduced response times when people are Mm. given a test. They're also less well able to focus. Um, So how come the Chinese are so clever with all their air pollution? (laughs) Well, maybe despite their air pollution. And and of course, this is in the big city. But actually in China, there's been very interesting work looking at their stock market. So again, looking at air pollution levels in the big cities in China between 2005 and 2014, they found that stock returns were lower. So decisions were worse on the days where pollution was high. QED. QED. Now, Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Uh, Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.